What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode, a new season, season two, episode one of the Hardwood Amino podcast. I'm your host, Snake, and today we're joined by my new co-host, Cosmo. Hey, this is the real test, huh? This is this is the first episode. How, yeah, how does yeah. it feel, man? Yeah, man, this is my first campaign into the war, bro. I mean, I'm happy as shit to be here, obviously, as I said like a million times in, uh, in like kind of like my intro, I guess, for like a season finale. But man, I'm happy to be here, especially because uh, we have Will on here, like, you know, basically like our president, like one of my closest friends in general. So like this is going to be a great, great episode, man. And yep, also, just, just, a, just a disclaimer for those out there. I don't have a signature catchphrase yet. I don't have any What's Up Buttercups just quite yet. But again, I'm working on some drafts. I've been in the lab and shit trying to like trying to make something like that so just trust me if by episode like three four maybe five it takes that long i'll have something people trust me i got this yeah. <laughs> i didn't even know that prior to you know the pod yeah, so nah, to, it's gonna, yeah. nah, trust me trust me you'll 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 like it too you'll like it too especially you yeah we need yeah we need that signature uh slim like intro i mean <laughs> hey it could be a pot it, it could be a cosmo um Dude, yeah, I could, I could, for, I could forge my legacy on that bitch, man. Yeah, it could be signature with the with the Hell Cosmo. Yeah. That's the, that's, that's, what the goal, that's what the that's what the goal is. That's what the goal is. There you go. Yeah. So you heard it from Cosmo. We got Will. Um, he is leader and agent on Hardwood. I'm really, honestly, um, surprised that we didn't do this podcast earlier. Um, but you know, some stuff got in the way, personal stuff and whatnot. But finally, here, like I said, leader and agent for Hardwood. Big Cavs fan. Uh, and he's here to spread some knowledge. So what's up, Will? Nothing much, nothing much, man. I just got to eat three burgers, a uh, baked potato, all good stuff, corn, nice and good, feeling ready for this podcast. <laughs> this man had like a king's table feast. Like, just imagine Will's like a glut. It's like, like more, more food. Dude, the funny <laughs> like, thing right is I weigh in at like 140. It's like 6'4". So. Yeah, I know, bro. You're like all skin and bones, but like you eat like a goddamn elephant. It's just crazy. Yeah, like yeah. if I if I had that much, like I would be look, I would be looking like a fucking blob, bro. But you lucky as hell, kinda. <laughs> so it's chill. Yeah, if he got in that pre pre pod meal right there, that's a that's a no, man. A I'm telling meal. you, I'm telling you, through quarantine, I've gained like seven eight pounds, and I've been I, I haven't even been eating that much. It's just that I haven't been working out. So like, yeah, shit's whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, quarantine is messing up a lot of what I'm trying to do. I mean. Just a lot. I mean, I mean, hey, at least you got more time for this kind of. Yeah, exactly. I got, I got more heart, more, uh, you know, I guess time to focus on uh, hardwood as a community and just really just trying to, you know, grow with, uh, with you all and and you know the rest of staff and whatnot. So, uh, hardwood appreciates it. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I appreciate you. That's good vibe. Anyway. <laughs> All right. First question we always ask is, who is that one member who's no longer active that just had cool vibe, like really good vibes around and just was a cool guy to, to interact with? For me, it would have to be GBH just because he said, a tone for like a whole new culture on hardwood he just he just spread positivity in a way that not many people do and i've always tried to model the way that i lead and the way that i handle things on hardwood after the way that he did just with kindness and with understanding in every situation 
Yeah, yeah. He's one of the most. Uh, he's one of the most like genuine people I've ever met too, especially yeah. during my time on Cardwood. He represents. Like, he's, such a, like, he's such a. I'm not bad. Let me. I'll, I'll let you go first. He represents like to me. Yeah. He represents like my change. Like I'm like my like kind of a change in like like persona not persona for me but like responsibility with persona like i used to be a little bit more goofy and weird out there but now like i've it's helped me mature as a person like him like and his mentorship in that time for me yeah yeah not to like as big of extended like extended view of course because some of it was just having having to do with like the fact that i joined this app at 14 and now i'm 18 but like yeah, it kind of helped me transition from, like, a goofy, just, like, self-expensive who was, like, super biased. Still am, by the way. So, like, now, like, a curator of hardwood, like, I feel like I have, like, great responsibility for this app, and I'm really proud of that, like, where I've come from, so. Right. And, also, and sucks I've lost touch with him, bro. Like, I need, to, I need to show up GBX and the IG after this episode, man. You got me nostalgic as fuck now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and GBH set an example for, you know, not only staff members, but just, even if you're just, I remember when I was a, member on hardwood just you know you could hit him up at any time i mean uh you know that that pacific time hits different so he's gonna respond yeah. a little bit uh later but um you know he was he was busy but you know he always took the time to make sure that uh you know he cared for people you know he he um you know he set an example and i think that's that's what really matters and that showed when you know slen and i had the opportunity to interview him i believe it was like either episode seven or eight one of those two but i'm not sure on the exact number make sure you guys go check out that episode which again yeah. y'all hold him by not giving him the full hour like you should have oh, with uh with, like with me and him too <laughs> yes i think i think we'll be hearing that a lot from cosmo yeah <laughs> about, <laughs> about i'll never his, forget about his time uh his time there he, he could have more time but listen i mean i thought i thought in both of those episodes yeah. we of our our guests, we really covered a lot, you know, even if, you know, it was 45 minutes or an hour, whatever it may be, we, we covered a lot. So, um, but anyway, getting back to GBH, you know, he's as real as it gets and a true example for everyone on hardwood. Um, yeah. so anyway, moving on to some, uh, some will talk, cause that's, this is what we're here for. Um, <laughs> what was greeny and goldie will like? I'd like to know. Ooh, I can fact check this too. Well, Greeny and Goldie Will was definitely different than the Will that we have today. Greeny and Goldie Will wasn't an agent, obviously, so he acted a little bit different. He was kind of a big part <laughs> of a little thing called Clan Wars that people tend to romanticize ah, a yes. bit here. I might have been one of like the top lieutenants in there, like egging it on, but then it got to a point where I was done with it. Matt got banned. Kenny was the one who basically took over the chat, and he was done with it. Cosmo was in there, CSO, all kinds of people, and we were all just done with it. We were ready to stop fighting and actually talking about basketball because that's what this app is after all. Yeah, bro, I'm telling you, when me, when me, Kenny, CSO, like clutch, like negotiated peace, that was the Treaty of Versailles, man. Of like that, like the equivalent of Harvard, at least that was like the Treaty of Versailles. <laughs> like, that ended such a big era, but it was it was good though because eventually I was kind of tired of it too. I was like, yeah, like what are we doing this for still? This, this is a basketball lab. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have too much knowledge on. Um, yeah, I know you. I know you joined like a little bit like after that, so that's fine. Yeah, and then I had a big break um, until the summer of 2018, and that's when I really really started to be active um, and really uh, 
you know, interacting with members and, uh, you know, starting to think of different ways I can impact the community. So that was kind of uh, my track record on hardwood. But um, I'd like to ask as well, because, you know, I'll, and I'll, I can include Cosmo in this because you guys really, really um, formed the Borders and what the Borders um, was, the foundation of that was voice chats. I'd like to get your opinion on um, the evolution of voice chats from when you guys were voice chatting it up uh, 2016, 2017 days, um, up to present day today? Well, I'd say if I had to guess like a time, they added voice chats, like, like fall, hey, 2017, of, would you say? Yeah, fall of 2017, because right. I was taking, I was taking a class called positive leadership and it was just a stupid extra credit class. And I was, was it like, and one I was, of those, like whatever, nothing classes. Yeah. And I was literally, I saw that Amino added a new feature. So I would like joined in a chat. Like I was like, I had already been friends with Kenny, obviously from NSG. And he was mm-hmm. like, he was like, yo, you want a voice chat? And I was like, what? I'm in class right now. I can't. He's like, let me just invite you. So I joined in and I listened to Kenny and Ski talk. And what I think was just about the first ever voice chat on hardwood, just talking and I just sat there. This is history. This is history, y'all. This is history. <laughs> yeah, it's history in the making. Pay attention. Write this down in your notebooks. This, this is, is the first ever voice chat. <laughs> ever, ever done. Ever. All right, but keep, keep going. <laughs> so I just sat there and listened, and then, and then Ski created a chat called Voice Chat Gang, which I eventually became like the owner of when he got banned. But Ski was the owner of Voice Chat Gang, and then Threesus and Cosmo found their way into. And then we had like tons of other people. We had Bullet in there. We had Tip came along a little bit later. Slensei came along a little bit later. We had all kinds of members that like we could, I could, I can't think of right now. But they, so a lot of them have left the app. A lot of them have moved on to other things. A lot of people, a lot of them are still here now. But yeah. the, it became clear over time that like there were like five of us that we're just like kind of carrying the conversation sometimes or a lot of the mm-hmm. time. And that was threes us, Kenny, me, Cosmo and ski. So threes us had the idea. Let's just make a chat for the five of us. So we made the chat for the five of us. And over time we kind of grew into a family since then. And that's the borders, but we still stayed active with voice chats and it got to the point where there were certain members, there was members like, Kermit, who would just join in and do voice thing. There was character. <laughs> yeah. Do no, let me, say, let me say a little about Kermit. Sorry to interrupt, but he would just go on text-to-speech no matter what the combo was. And he'd be like, Kyle Lowry is the greatest player of all time. Lowry, Lowry, l- 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 Lowry, Lowry. And that's all he would do <laughs> for like hours, bro. And then there was oh, Damar and Swaggy, and, oh, and they would God. just come in and be like, Boy. And then there was people who would just come in and just breathe into the mic just just to annoy you. So it got to the yeah, point where we were – and this was before co-hosts were a thing. So, like, if Ski wasn't there or if I wasn't there when it became my chat, there was nothing that could be done because none of us were staff at the time. So they they were just in yeah. there. So like we So, like, we came up with the idea for us five, basically. Right. Yeah, and the cra- and the craziest thing too is I I probably wouldn't have joined like the fir- like when like the first VCs like had like I not been sick, because like on the day like I w- I supposed to have a game but I had like a really bad like fever I think I was like going up into like one hundred two one hundred three so my mom was like yeah don't play I was like all right cool so I was like bored and shit because like I was just in my bed had nothing to do 
So I was like, oh, cool, a VC. So I just joined that, and, like, shit happened, and now we're here. So and now we're a family. Yeah, there's a ch- <laughs> so there's a chance, like, I probably would, like, no, like, no boards. I wouldn't have even been friends with, like, Will, or, like, Ski or Threes or whatever, or Kenny. And I might not even, and I might even be a curator, too. So, like, that's just crazy. I, like, one instance in your life where it's like, huh, this happened. Oh, wait, now all this happened. Well, guess I'm here now. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Right. Yeah, it's that's insane just to... Um, you know, think about just the evolution of, uh, you know, obviously you guys as members, but also, you know, voice chatting. And as you said, now you can, you know, you, not one specific person has to be there. You can have a co-host and he can, um, you know, host that voice chat. So, yeah, I mean, really, really, um, you know, but as, as far as present day voice chats, what's your thoughts on that? I think that right now, honestly, we don't do a good enough job. It was always, I wish that we could have gotten a larger staff-like endorsement of voice chats back at the time that, like, voice chats were going off because there was a time where every night there was a voice chat and a chat called the voice chat game, which I mentioned before. But, like, Mm -hmm. there would always be, like, 10 people in there, like, every night just, like, hanging out, and it lasted until, like, 3 a.m. every day. And I wish we could... And I and I would hope to get back to that, but it's just made complicated now because I want to make it a public chat so that anybody can get in. But I also and we tried that, but then not everybody can start a VC, and it's just really complicated. But I wish at the time we had definitely capitalized that on that better. Hopefully, we can get yeah. back to it mm-hmm. because it's yeah. tragically underutilized now. Yeah, I know. I feel like people think of it as, like, a gimmick, and that could be, like, used for, like, a really great thing, especially for debates on here. Like, for any hoops debates, like, you can vocalize, like, your opinion way more easily than to, like, just, like, have it, like, over, like, text or whatever, so that would be really dope to, like... Yeah, some people... Having hard work. Yeah, some people, like, text literally paragraphs. Like, I'm not, like... Like some yeah, I'm not novels. trying to read that. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not. I'm trying to read that shit. I'll, I'll go to like. I'll go to HOBL and like see whatever is like on there. But like, I'm not trying to read a book to like debate with you. Like, yeah. So there's just like some members even in like public chats will just put it in voice notes. I'm like, yes, thank you so much. Now instead of having to waste like ten minutes, I can only waste like ninety seconds and get to the same point anyway. So it's fine. Right. And then and then. And then you have those kids that, that send voice notes, but you're like, okay, let's see if this is knowledgeable, at, like by any, like let's see, let's see if this is something that I can learn from. And then and then you play it, and it's just some kid blowing into a mic. <laughs> yeah, that still happens a bunch too. So, right. Yeah. And then you like, have me, yeah, who's notorious mm-hmm. for sending long-winded paragraphs of cone paragraphs, and at the same time yeah. notorious for VCs. Yeah, that, well, you know what, Will? You're an exception. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the exception. You're the exception. Uh, yeah. You're the yeah. exception. We're talking, cool. about, we're talking about greenies that come in and send paragraphs. I don't think, it's the, yeah, I don't so, think that yeah, ever happens. Yeah, well, I, you, you are a very special boy. Well, I agree. I agree. <laughs> anyway. Um, man, I'll, I'll let Cosmo go ahead, man. You got the mic. Go ahead. All right, well, what was, I, really, I know you said you were in Clan Wars and what stuff as, like, kind of a peacekeeper, but, like, during your time there, what was, the, like, the one moment when you were in there that just, like, made you, like, laugh like crazy, just, like, while, like, in NSG or, like, 4GP or whatever, that was, like, man, <laughs> like, you know? Well, I'd say the the biggest thing was just when, I I think one of the, 
one of the saddest parts about like Jacob as a leader is that he just wasn't really in touch with the community and the community weren't in touch with him and they didn't understand what he was going to do. But when Matt got banned, it was such like a clusterfuck. I can curse here, right? I can curse. Yeah, you yeah, know, you can, dude, I've been cursing for the whole pod. Like, you, yeah, right. you don't got to worry yeah, about Cosmo it. Yeah, Cosmo broke those rules. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I'm, see, I broke boundaries in episode two. That's yeah, the second, in the second episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, we, we didn't even set those rules. Cosmo just asked in the middle of them. We just, you think uh, I'd know? I listened to all of them, so you'd think I'd know, but apparently not. You know well, what? That's like I said, Will. Like I said, Will. You're you're a very special boy. That's a big W. W's. <laughs> but when Matt got oh, banned boy. for the first time, he was like, I'd say he was the first like high profile member to get like banned. And Jacob had a vendetta against him, Mac, in case for people who don't know, he started an SG. He basically started Clan Wars. He's the reason we have, like, the toxicity, as people call it, problem on hardwood now. I, I'd say, like, he's honestly, bar none, probably, like, like the most influential non-leader in hardwood history. And he just, when he got banned, he was the leader of NSG, and NSG was the big thing at the time and there was literally he had feeder like the the chat max at the time was like a hundred and he had like feeder chats like he had like 10 different nsg chats but full of different people just like that were all had hashtag nsg in their name at the time like it just it was it was ridiculous to the level that this thing was at and when he got banned everybody was just confused because he was the leader of all those chats and that was where everybody went when they came on so Everyone was running around with, mm-hmm. like, chickens with their heads cut off, trying to, like, tell Jacob, like, can you unban Mac just so that he can make Kenny host? Or something like that. It was just, like, <laughs> that was that yeah. was just hilarious, just watching that. Because I, 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 feel, I, I don't want to say, like, I was looking down at people, but, like, I was, like, looking at them, and I was kind of like, this is silly. This is silly, okay? Just make a new chat, like. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're on the topic of Mac. I don't know if like a lot of people know this. So I'm just gonna say it. Mac was originally in Forge GP. Is that his first name was Joker? But I forget like who. I think it was with um another like LBF. Like not the one like currently on Hard, but like another guy from like way back in the day. They had a huge disagreement, and then Mac was like, "I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm leaving Forge GP." And I was actually friends with Mac, so I was trying to have him not to. But then he was like, "I'm gonna make a new clan." We all kind of like scoffed at that. I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And then fast forward a few months later, and then NSG eventually took over Hardwood. So yeah. That's kind of on. That's kind of on us. Uh, my bad. <laughs> my bad for all that. But it's fine now. Yeah, that's some good stuff to note because I mean now nowadays it's you know not to say that our activity. I mean yeah, from twenty seventeen days days yeah our activity has gone down. I mean the numbers are just like the people that are online aren't like they they were back then. Um, you know, even though we're trying to work and I think we're doing a I great mean, we're job. Still, I mean, we're still going up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still going up. It's just that like our peak number is like, we're just like of like that era. Exactly. So, like, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So what, what do you think? Like, right. you know, what would you say was, um, you know, the results? Cause you talk about, um, what was his name? Uh, who got banned? Was it Matt? Oh, Matt. Matt. It's Mac. Yeah, M-A-C-K. Matt. M-A-K. Yeah, like, M-A-K. Yeah, like M-A-K. Tupac. Like, okay. like, yeah, like Tupac. Like, not okay, okay. Yeah. So when he got banned, would you say that's when people, like, where did, where did it fall off from that? You know, what, what factors resulted in that peak number falling off in activity? I'd say it was just a result of 
it's this community has always been run by like the users. Like honestly, like a lot of other aminos are like like they're prolonged by like the staff and stuff. But like this aminos is special because it's always been like prolonged and permeated by the users. Specifically, mm-hmm. because the staff was never really super active or super there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, I I feel like at the time the everybody came here and like pretty much everybody came here from the YouTubers and stuff. But the YouTubers audience mm-hmm. have gone down and that market's been tapped and we're not throwing money at it anymore because we don't have money to throw at it yeah. anymore. So I think it was just a no, natural request from YouTubers that. People got there. bored of it. Yeah. And, well, that's because most YouTubers are on payroll from the NBA playmakers, like things, and like they're giving them like way more than we could. So like we don't really have that like resource to our advantage anymore. So that's to, to all the people who are like, bro, why don't you just like get like SEC like Dom 2K again? It's like... <laughs> That's that's why. Also, they're way bigger than they were in 2017. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, I also think you mentioned about, and, and I can add a little bit to this, um, as far as the, um, you know, the, the, the way that staff, you know, hasn't really engaged back then. Um, and that's sort of, you know, you, you mentioned that it was sort of ran by the users back then. Um, and I think that that's important because I think that's one of the things that, modern staff like today like us uh we really try to you know uh nail into the community and sort of just um is is our is really just our interaction with with the community being active in chat showing members that we really care and that we're um you know there when we, whenever we need them i know that i hit up people um you know not every day but but often to just sort of you know talk in pms if people need stuff so just sort of being those active staff members is I think that that's a good way to go. And I think we've, we've talked about that before as a staff. And, um, and I think that, you know, people out there should really know that, that we're here for the community. It's just important yeah. for everybody to know, like for us to remind ourselves too, we're just, we're users just like anybody else. Like we were users. We still are users. We just have a little bit more responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, so Will, I don't know, Snake doesn't know this, but you, at one point, were, like, in every single league in Harvard history. You was in, like, HOBL, NBATL, HCP, like, all of that, all of that shit. So, like, of, like, all of those leagues, like, what was, like, your favorite one to be in, and which, what was, like, your favorite, like, league moment? Well, just, like, I'd say NBATL was my favorite, but that's probably, uh, but that's uh, yeah. probably partly because that was, I, I might have been in every Maybe league, teammates well. but I was... Not really good in any league because I wasn't really active except for NBATL. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but in NBATL, I was in the MVP conversation for a couple seasons, and I missed it because Cato changed some bullshit with the game time an hour before, and like it just it didn't work out. And I ended up asking for a trade, and then I was on Cosmos team, and then I got T-boned, like. Like before a playoff game. Uh, do you want? Do you want to tell about that whole like experience of that, sh- like that uh, season with us? Or... It was just tragic. It was just tragic. We missed the game. <laughs> yeah. And then team was entitled. Title was cheating on the team. Like it was. I mean, I can say I'm. I feel like I'm safe in saying it. Two years later, that man was cheating. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> because for he sure. was taking like a full twelve seconds to like answer the questions, like the trivia questions, and. You don't take that long unless you're looking up the answer. 
I'm sorry, but like that shouldn't yeah. have even been an option to and answer that, was, that late. And that was a shame. Like we didn't really achieve that much. We kind of had like a quote unquote super team because like I had made all of the NBTL second team that year. Like we had just gotten Will, who again like MVP talks, and then like Brohim was also really good, but just shit didn't work out for whatever reason. And also, yeah, like I think I I think I had a game, and you literally got into an accident with them. And like Brohim was like, "Bro, what the hell?" I'm like, "He's." Man, I don't even want to talk about that shit anymore. It's getting me mad. Yeah. That's interesting, though. Um, so, would you say that NBA um, or, yeah, NBA TL was your, um, was your, the league that you were, I guess, in your prime, sort of? Like, was it, like, was there any other league that you were really good in? Would you say that you were really good in? Well, I got drafted number one overall over GBH and HOBL. There you go. That's well. That well. That's well. That's well. That's great to know. <laughs> yeah. For for those of y'all that don't know, that would be like the equivalent of like if Zion got draft number one overall. No, it's like I retire from basketball well, immediately after. Let me explain so, yeah. myself. Let me explain myself. This might take a minute, but let me explain myself. All right. Go ahead. We got time, brother. This time. man Slay, former curator on Hardwood. He was. He, well, he was ready to draft me. Like, I put out one blog. It was really good from what I've been told. <laughs> and it was good enough that even GBH with, like, 10 blogs it catapulted me past him, right? So I was mm-hmm. then the top candidate for the number one pick. Like, Mello was trying – he was offering, like, two all-stars and, like, two first-round picks just to trade up for the pick number one tra- – and to trade the number two pick for the number one pick. Like, just to get me. Like, this was – like, I was coveted. Like, I, I shouldn't have been coveted because I was going around telling them all that I probably wasn't going to blog the entire first season because I was really busy. Like, I might get out a blog for the playoffs, but I was still really a really high-value asset <laughs> at the number one pick. And so I get drafted by Slate. Even after I tell him I'm not going to blog, we start losing the first two games because Corvus is on that team. Slensei had just left because it was a toxic situation. He had been on the team the season before. But, like, Corvus and UCF were on the team, and they were, and they were like, the stars of the team. But Corvus wasn't blogging, and UCF was missing games, and Slay was not, wasn't blogging. And so we get, like, two games in, and we've lost both games. And I'm trying to, like, help the chat and, like, help, like, edit stuff. And they just start – and Slay and UCF just start attacking me. They're, like – they're like, you're a bust, you're a bust, even though in the same draft, in the first round, they had drafted Mosny, who had never put out a blog in his life, was an editor. Oh my god, they, they did draft Mosny. Oh, they drafted Legend Maker, oh, who no. was, I think, Tips Alt. <laughs> like, and then they drafted an account that had been dead for two months. Oh. All in the first round. Oh, all in the first round. God, they did draft Mosny. Bro, and for those of y'all that know Masni, former editor or whatever, he did blog, but the only thing he would blog is about, like, some, like, cell or whatever that was, like, a hundred million words long, and he would just copy-paste that, and I think he did that shit, like, eight, nine times, and it was called, like, Titan, I think. And that's what like, he did. Like, and he got the third overall, too. Slay, Slay did this, and then he was blaming, and then he was calling me a bust, not the other guys. He was calling me a bust, and saying that the reason that we were losing games was because of him, was because of me, after I told him I wasn't going to blog. So I was like, I was like, I, I said, I, I was, I was finally to the point where like, they were just calling me names and stuff. Like, they're like, as Will types away, crying furiously on his keyboard, like, like, 
dude, you really think that mad this matters that much to me? So I was just like, trade me then. And so Slay's response to that was to kick me from the team chat, block me, and keep me on the roster, though. Like, I know for a fact Nelson offered, like, Nelson was the sound GM, and he offered, like, two first-rounders and an all-star for me for a player who wasn't going to blog for Slay. And Slay's response was, no, I want to see him suffer. <laughs> like, it was... As, as you can as you can tell, very a very good character in GM for Hardwood history. <laughs> the kind, just this this just goes to credit the kind of people that they let be curators back then weren't exactly the best option. Like I'm sorry, but yeah, that shit was entirely based off of like clout and stuff back in the day. So, obviously, you're now a leader and agent on Hardwood. Um, but before that, you know, obviously, getting a staff member position in the first place. What was that whole entire process like um, and, you know, certain things that uh, may have propelled you to, to get that position and certain, certain stuff like that? Well, for me, it was a bit different than most, honestly. I, um, Jacob came on on, like, Christmas Eve 2018, made a Q&A post, little cutesy stuff just asking like how's everybody doing ask me questions about the nba and i kind of asked him how i kind of asked him to fix his app and that kind of evolved <laughs> into us talking back and forth because i actually had legitimate criticisms and legitimate solutions and stuff and we went back and forth with that and i was already friends with gbh and i was friends with team and i was friends with nelson and ferg so they were all like so they weren't gonna stop me they weren't gonna go for someone else so like i kept on saying this and the funniest thing though was that i was recommending people like cosmo for staff and people like kenny for staff and stuff like that and then nelson finally said to me one day nelson's like why aren't you just staff so (laughs) so i like i asked like I, i like literally asked i was like would i be a good staff member to like to like ferg and ferg was like yeah i think you'd be good and so he brought it GBH brought it up in the chat and they voted and they made me a staff member. Yeah. What would you what would you say though was the the highlighting factors to you getting was it activity, was it leagues, was it like what was it specifically? Well, I was really active and I was always coming to the staff with different ideas and stuff. I mean the staff might not have been acting on it a lot. But I was there offering to help and trying to help and just basically. And the process to get staff, honestly, was a lot more simpler back then, to be entirely honest. They just decided they liked the guy, and if two or three guys said yeah and that, yeah, they needed staff, they went ahead and added them. Yeah, now you actually got to go, like, apply for staff, go figure. Yeah, but yeah, you bet everyone. Like, hey. We don't just pick someone. That's why everybody <laughs> yeah. was so shocked when I got it because the main factor yeah. leading to me was all in PMs and stuff. It wasn't like me being an MVP in a league. That had been the case for every other staff yeah. member. Pretty Before much. Was like, wait, you don't. It's like, wait, you don't have as much clout as these guys. What, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but now it, ain't, but now it ain't about that anymore, and I'm kind of happy. So, yeah. <laughs> That's the idea. Uh, well, I well I already know that Snake asked kind of asked you about like staff, but like obviously like, you didn't start off with like agent of hardwood. So like what events kind of like led you from just being like 
oh hey like will the carrier now like that's cool to like oh shit now he's taking over for jacob like how did that feel to you initially um well to be honest i'm gonna get real candid here uh, there was a lot of stuff that i wanted to do like the instagram team and like the outreach all the teams like that like mm-hmm. on the like i didn't think of tiktok but like all like just basically try and get new people on that Jacob wouldn't let us do before when he was agent. So wait, he didn't let you was, do that. How, can you elaborate on that? How come? Like, why did Michael like, like start any social media? I think he was worried that we, since he works for Amino, he didn't want to make like an account representing Amino that wasn't run by actually Amino. So like, he never had like that level of trust with any of the staff. Just because, I guess, I would assume, like, liability issues or something. Uh, well, so, it's, like, something wrong with, like, when it's, actually, like, uh, the part of, like, social media that would go, like, on his job or whatever. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. He, oh, okay. I, that, that that would be what I would assume. I have no idea if that's the case, but the, if I had to guess, that would be it. Right, yeah. And so, when I got agent, I got to work getting that set up, and I was big on a bigger staff and at the time it was just me hfs master and loco doing literally everything and we needed some help so we just kicked it into gear really quick and tried to make it a more more of a team rather than jacob showing up every two weeks telling people what to do yeah i feel that even and he did eventually leave and i remember people were making like a really big deal like well you have like a million carriers now like you really need all that and like like now it's like, well, I mean, yeah, like Harvard's been growing a shit ton since then, so I, mean, I think that's a good call by you. Not just I mean, saying that because Snake got promoted, but I mean, it works. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, I it's not going to hurt. That's my, that's my view on it. It's not going to hurt to have a bigger staff. And yeah, more plus, coming. Like if, yeah, plus it's like three or four of them are like, okay, I have some shit going on like that. Then the other guys can like kind of just pick up slack for a little bit of time, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see what's wrong with the bigger staff either. Like you guys said. And reiterated, I think that uh, there's more, um, I guess, hands or uh, there's more um, people involved in it. And so, you know, like you guys said, if someone slacks in an area, someone could just pick it up. And there's also, you know, I, th- I think I meant like more minds probably does the job better than obviously a couple minds. So, I mean, what we've been doing has been great. Um, but I have a two-part question. These two questions aren't really related, but I'll, I'll I'll let you answer the first question first. What is there? What is that one like guideline or something that's been enforced and reinforced in the past that you would bring back? Like, what what is something that you would bring back in terms of guidelines or um, something brought up by the staff in the past? Like, do you have any idea? Well, I would love. Personally, this this might not be exactly what you're looking for, but okay. I'd love to be able for us to run, like, challenges again, like we used to, where we, we would have, like, a couple dozen people in it. But the sad part of it now is that when we do that, we don't get the applicants that we need for it. Like, we have, like, three or four people enter. Right. But, like, that would definitely be something I would want to bring back. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, because I remember back when they had that, like, I didn't participate in too many of them. I think I did, like, I did it when, like, one or two, but those used to, like, booming, like, crazy. But, like, I think now, because, like, people, like, most people on here have, like, maxed up titles and, like, hello, me, you know, going, like, they don't really have, like, an incentive to, like, do them. But, I mean, like, if 
if it does come out that like, hey, people actually want to do this, then like we'd be glad to bring that back. Yeah, <laughs> man. Be fun. To be, be fun yeah. To be honest, I'm not really a big fan of like I used to be in um in Hobble, but just blogs in general, I just don't feel like cranking those out now, just because like I don't know, I'm very. Uh, I don't know. I I don't really have the patience in terms of just writing a blog, um, which is crazy yeah. <laughs> because I have a, the patience to write a poll. But but polls are different because I feel like, um, at least for HP, HPL, it's it's sort of just um, it's different in a way because they're more, uh, you know, they're shorter. They're you know you can obviously I mean you can do the same thing in Hobble in terms of your creativity, but still I just feel like they're shorter and and I have a lot more patience with those. <laughs> um in terms of a, a hobble blog but in terms of those um of those challenges i don't i don't know like it's crazy because caption this because i think cosma you run that right so it's yeah i run that now they so they i don't know there's obviously people you know don't have to take much time you know to sit down and just you know look at a picture and and create a funny caption to it in terms of a hobble yeah. blog where you kind of have to devote time to that and, and sure people like doing that. And that's, and that's their interest. I mean, I can't take away from that, but like also, I mean, it makes more sense why people would participate more in caption this, but I do wish that we had more. Um, and I saw that, um, gel today just posted, a uh, a 24 hour challenge, which I haven't seen that in a minute. So hopefully that goes, um, you know, that does well, but yeah. Uh, just some thoughts there. And then also, yeah, that kind of ties back into yeah, what, I'm sorry, no, but that go kind of ties back to like what we're saying in general with like challenges, like kind of being like, a lot of challenges being dry, but like people just like not being interested in them because they think they're dry. Like hopefully, like this one by Jail kind of like goes into what we're saying that like it interests people in doing them again because again, that was a very big part of the community and like they're very fun as well. So yeah, and that's all to see. Yeah, and the 24 hour challenge was uh, GBH's original idea, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah that was GBH. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, it's a really good idea. It's just, I, I don't know, like, for me, it's, it's, it's understanding where these, where these guys are coming from. And I don't have patience, uh, you know, for myself <laughs> in writing a blog, unless it's something like that I just think of that's like super, super interesting that people, you know, some people have the mind for that. Personally, I don't, but some people do. So it's, it just, it depends on your interests. So yeah. I don't know. I've never understood like blogging on a schedule. Like that, that, just, that just doesn't seem like too much fun to me. Cause like, I feel like some days, like, you have, like, a great idea, and, like, some days where it's, like, all right, you got to do something with this. Like, I don't want to force myself to, like, crank out, like, a blog, like, by, like, this deadline or whatever. Because, like, I don't know. Like, I know well, I'd say people, even more. I know some people about, do it like, a hobby, but, like, if it's, like, a schedule like that, I don't know. It kind of seems like, yeah. like a grind and, like, a pastime to do on hardwood. I, I think, like, you really need to have a passion for it. Because for yeah. HPL, for polling, I honestly, it can be, like, I mean, the poll I just cranked out, like, and I posted last night, like that took me like a little while, but it's crazy because when you, when you love something, you interest, you have an interest in it. Like, for example, I'm sure with Will with Hobble, like you were cranking out blogs and like you, like, it's like second nature. It's like second nature to you. Like you don't really, I wouldn't say, I know why he's laughing. I think I know why he's laughing. There's a reason he got picked over GBH. <laughs> it's called one good blog i put out one blog in my entire hobl hobl hey, i bet that blog was like a seven bro okay but have you have you created i wrote it while i was drunk 
Well, I was really trying to talk on that, but since you brought it up, okay, <laughs> okay, but I'll elaborate. Okay, <laughs> outside of Pablo, though, have you created blogs for just like you know, just for fun or like? Uh, I did. Like they're like they're like not like necessarily what this app would consider great writing, but they're like comedy, comedy, like funny type stuff. I, I wish there was more of that around here, to be honest, though. Yeah, yeah right. Because I remember you. I remember you actually featured a piece like when we had like the what if shit stuff going on. You featured a piece that was like, "What if like uh, like Franz Ferdinand never got assassinated?" And it dealt with <laughs> like um, like all like the overseas stuff that would have happened. Like some like Arvidas Sabonis would have like gone to the NBA and stuff. And then like it was kind of a troll blog, but it was still like really funny and well done. That's so, funny. So I you mean, were like, "Yeah, let's people like it. to read it." People yeah. like to read it. I mean, it's fun to read. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with it being featured. Hey, there's yeah, a. I mean, there's yeah, there's it, a. It was kind of realistic yeah. too, because like all that shit would have happened had he not got assassinated. It's just like a really whack topic, but still, yeah. it was funny. He, I mean, there's a blog that stemmed off this podcast with pancakes and waffles. So, so yeah, hey. that is that is <laughs> that is true. The the the, the great old uh, pancake versus waffle world war of hardwood. That was a little bit of a saga for a bit. Yeah, so but like I said, stem, like going back to my whole entire point, uh, you know, it's something that interests you. I mean, it, it makes sense to me. Uh, but yeah, I do wish that hopefully the uh, activity does increase on those um, on those challenges, those community events. Um, yeah. So my oh my second my second question, I forgot to ask it. Um, what's your thoughts on the current staff of hardwood? Oh, you better answer this good. right, man. That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, <laughs> I think it's all good, man. I think that everybody's doing work. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing because throughout the Hardwood Staff's history, we've never had, like, more than, like, like probably a week, like, that, like, all the staff has been active and been doing stuff and taking mod actions and yeah. putting in work. But, like, we've had that for the last, like, few months, like, prolonged now where everybody's pulling their own weight. Yeah, I don't like mean some take people are doing more than others, but yeah, I don't, need, I don't mean to overall. take any shots. But oh, I keep interrupting. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> wanted to, I just wanted to say like I don't want to take any shots or anything. But I remember there was like this big like dead period for staff or whatever when like it was like uh like Jacob Ferg like Dennis and like TRM or whatever and like that was like at the same time like where all of them kind of like like well Ferg obviously got active was still active like most of them like were like inactive so like nothing was going on that's like how we got bopped in here and shit so. I just wanted to point that out because, like, now, like, I feel like we're actually, like, doing, like, we're making a lot of progress and stuff. So I'm really happy to. Yeah, that had never happened now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also want to add to it's, you know, really just two two things here. Well, number one, uh, it seems like you could point to, you know, something that everyone on staff's doing. Like, ev- everyone has their own individual thing that they're, you know, and if it's multiple, then it's multiple. But you can point to at least one thing throughout the community that someone's helping um, and, uh, and I think that that's going to be, you know, that's super key for, you know, our success. And then also, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, if you have, a uh, uh, I guess a concern that you want to voice, I mean, we're all, you know, avid listeners in terms of, you know, just, um, you know, in terms of regular hardwood members, like if they want to come to RPMs and just voice their, you know, concerns, we're there for them. And we want to, we want them to know that you know, throughout um, the chats and, and, and PMs and stuff like that. And then also within the staff, like we don't, you know, if someone has a problem, we voice it. And I think that that's the type of relationship we have with, you know, our staff and with, uh, with everyone in the community. So I think that's, that's really good. 
Uh, moving on now. Yeah, yeah. Moving on now to uh, the basketball section. Uh, it's the second part of uh, every podcast. Uh, so, big time Cavs fan. Uh, where did you know? Where did your love for the the Cavs stem from? Uh, you know, favorite players throughout the throughout the years. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. A little bit of a Cavs fan, yeah, a little bit. Little bit. Uh, little the bit. time that Just I became. Bit. A fan of the Cavs was, like, the first time I watched was the 07 NBA Finals. And I just saw this guy, obviously LeBron, who was just better than everyone. <laughs> like, 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 even then, I didn't really know basketball, but you could just see the way that the Spurs were playing him. Like, they, they knew he was the one that they needed to worry about. They, weren't, they didn't care about anybody else. They just didn't want him. You're telling me they didn't even focus on, like, Drew Good? Come on now. Dude, I know they were leaving this man, Anderson Vergeau, wide. Can't believe it. That's amazing. You can't leave him like that, like <laughs> Z and Larry Hughes. You can't you just can't do that to him. Larry Hughes is a elite like dunker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Larry Larry Hughes in the cab is quite the. Same. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I watched that and I kind of followed the Cavs, not too heavy, but like kind of casually, like through to like 2000 like like right up until before LeBron left and then LeBron left and then that reignited my thing I was like man they need me like like 10 year old 10 year old me was like they need me so I became a super fan and I watched every single game of the 2010-2011 season where we went on like a 26 game losing streak and then we won a game and then we lost 15 straight again Hey man, what yeah, what was one thirty seven? It was it was literally man. it was literally from November till March and we won one game. That's great. <laughs> and I watched every single one of them. It was it was rough times for a Cavs fan. We were starting all kinds of random people. Yeah. Like we got Baron Davis at the end and I thought he was the greatest player ever. Like we had him for like twelve games at the end of the season. But I thought he was the greatest player ever for how good he looked on that team, <laughs> even though it was like a thirty-five year old Baron Davis. Hey man, he was smacking threes in the Cavs randomly. He was smacking he was. threes, bro. He was a sniper. <laughs> <laughs> so so I don't I don't mean to bring up any more bad memories, but like obviously like from when LeBron left to like before he came back again. What was like your what was like your saddest memory like of like the Cavs like in between like twenty eleven and twenty fourteen that you were like, Oh my god, this team man <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the whole. Honestly, I'd say maybe the Andrew Bynum thing. Oh, you mean like when he injured himself bowling? Yeah, we traded for this man Andrew Bynum, and he just after his wasn't, Sixers career. He just wasn't so great, and and like we expected him to be good, but he wasn't so great. He like didn't like really play for us, and he um broke his finger while he was bowling. And missed the rest of the season. Oh my God. Damn, that was coming off his legendary Sixers tenure where he played a grand total of zero games after being the centerpiece of that Dwight Howard trade for the Lakers. So, you dude, don't know you're getting the other thing, The other thing I remember is that Kyrie, like, he was playing, they were playing pickup Kyrie and Anderson Verjao, mm-hmm. and Kyrie got his hand, like, stuck inside of Anderson Verjao's jersey, and it, like, dislocated his wrist. And he missed like half a season because of it. Nice. That was the other one where I was like, "Come on now, <laughs> oh my come God. on." 
very sorry <laughs> that I had to drag you back through memory lane like that. <laughs> hey, listen, we also we also forgot to mention one guy on the old Cavs team with LeBron, Danielle Marshall, who Ferg has a jersey of. He, uh, he came <laughs> yeah, on the pod. He does have a Daniel and Marshall said he has a jersey of Danielle Marshall. Shit, I forget. So. Did he say what team it was from? Did he say what team the jersey was from? <laughs> it's from the Jazz. He thought it was a Malone jersey. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it was like classic Ferg. Classic. <laughs> it's funny because he was describing the picture or whatever. And like he's like, oh, is that like a 42 out of 32? He was like trying to like. Man. He was trying to find out like what a player was. And then. He didn't even know he was sporting a Daniel Marshall, you know, obviously until later on when he realized it. So it was funny. I mean, I'd, I'd wear that. It says I'd Marshall wear... and not Malone on the back. Yeah. <laughs> common, common mistake. Common mistake. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, let's see here. Uh, well, actually, you know, obviously during that stretch when LeBron's gone, you guys draft Kyrie. Uh, you know, give me some, uh, you know, thoughts on Kyrie coming in the league. Um, obviously helping out a, you know, a struggling Cavs team uh, and, you know, just your thoughts. Dude, you're about to start me on my Kyrie rant. Do you really want that? Do it. Do it. Do it. it. Hey, (laughs) hey, whatever, whatever you want. Man, I already know, I already know what's coming. I just want to see your reactions. (laughs) So go ahead, Will. Go ahead. We literally we drafted this man, Kyrie Irving, plays like ten games at Duke. We drafted this man. It works out. It works out. He's good for us. But like, here's the thing. People act like it's news that he's weird now. He was always weird. He was always weird. He never had any friends on the team. Like I'm sorry, but like he just was like aloof. Like he would get interviewed and be like, Yeah, man. I know. And then he, he he's he's the kind of guy who You can always tell they think they're the smartest one in the room, but they really aren't. (laughs) He tries to use big words just to sound smart. Like, it's just, it always kind of got on my nerves, but I didn't care because he was a great basketball player. And he's got the the theories about the earth. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. flat earth theory. (laughs) Eventually, time has passed now, and I do care that he's a weirdo. Yeah. Like, literally, you can look up my favorite – one of my favorite pictures of any NBA player ever is just this picture, like, of Kyrie Irving, like, walking around. And he's and he's carrying around just, like, on the street, uh, like, national like a National Geographic Atlas of the World book. Like, just <laughs> – <laughs> like, he's got, like, his backpack, and then he's got this book with him, like, this big textbook under his arm, like, just walking around. Like yeah, okay, Kyrie. I, I think he, okay, I think Kyrie. he might be talking about what he did on the Celtics, but I remember too, like he was going. It was like a picture from like going on to like a team plan or whatever, because like that's you know, like it. for that's a game, and he was like, yeah, it was like an almanac. <laughs> I'm like, and like I tried to ignore it too, because like he was like our you know our best player, so I was trying to support him, but I'm like, oh my god, Kyrie, like bruh, come on. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was nice. Oh yeah, well yeah. I know I know you I know you wanted me to ask a question about this, but like you know through like most of your tenures as a Cavs fan, especially from like LeBron leaving and coming back to leaving again, there's always been one consistent on this Cavs team, and that, and that's Tristan Thompson. So tell me a little bit about your man because I know you were dying for that question. My main man Tristan Thompson. I love Tristan Thompson so much. 
he might I, I think he might be like the most like people he's finally starting to get some respect but people don't realize what he does like besides his numbers people are finally realizing his numbers like hey these numbers are good but this man literally he's the team leader he's the team captain he sets the mentality like you can look up pictures and you'll find dozens and dozens of pictures he's like basically an assistant coach he draws up like half the plays that we run he literally runs the offense like he thinks he's Nikola Jokic or something, but it works when he does. So, like, I'm not going to complain about it. Somehow this season, after not making a single career three, he's shooting 45% from three. Like, on point, on point two threes a game. But, like, still, like, this counts for something because he's, like, like, five for, like, ten. Yeah, five for 11 or something. So, like... This this man, he just hustles so hard. Like, every story, like, like last season, J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver and George Hill, they were causing problems. Like, we started out losing, and they were blaming the rookies and stuff. Tristan was the one that rushed to their defenses. Like, I literally saw, like, a post from, like, Chris, Verdon, Chris Vernon. No, Chris Verdon, Verdon. Verdon. Vernon's a different guy. But Verdone covers the Cavs, and he was like, he was like, I saw Tristan today having words with J.R. Smith. If I had to guess, it would be about the comments that he's made about the rookies and stuff. Like, Tristan, like, literally all the rookies cite Tristan as their mentor, and, like, he's just he's just a terrific locker room guy, just a terrific person, even if he does cheat on <laughs> Kardashian, like. That's a terrible thing to do. Don't get me wrong, but that doesn't affect him in a basketball sense. Yeah, like he's he's a guy that every team would be lucky to have. Yeah, and I remember he got disrespected the hell out of uh, back in the twenty seventeen finals, I believe, when he had pretty pedestrian numbers. So you want to give some context on that too, a little bit, because I know some people still kind of get on his ass for that. This man, this man, Draymond and Steve Kerr have both have both said to the media. Their game plan, they knew LeBron was going to score, so they were just like, just let LeBron play one-on-one. They knew Kyrie was going to score. Just let Curry guard him one-on-one. So what they so what they decided to do instead is tell Draymond to leave Kevin Love open on threes, let Kevin Love have open season, and just, and just focus on Tristan. Keep Tristan off the boards. Don't let Tristan out-rebound him. He wants Zaza and Draymond, whoever's there, to just hit to just hit Tristan, yank him down, toss him around, and the other one to go for the board. Like, that's literally what they tell him to do, especially with Kevin Love out there from three already. And sure enough, it works. It works. Tristan averages like five boards a game and Curry averages eight because Draymond and Zaza aren't even going for rebounds. So, like, it's free for, like, Curry to get a rebound, for Clay to get rebounds. They both get a ton of rebounds that series. Because that's their game plan. But people are going to act like it's just because Tristan was playing bad. When if you rewatch that series, you can literally see Tristan just getting tossed around like a ragdoll. Yeah, they weren't given any calls that series. Especially, uh, I, m- I remember this specifically just because of like, how blatantly bad the officiating was. But during, I believe it was 2018 Christmas, if I'm not mistaken, or 2017. But I just That was the worst yeah. referee game I've ever seen. It was so bad. Jordan Bell, like, literally every time, like, 
we had we had like ten points in the paint that game, and we still almost won. And that was the one where KD fouled LeBron four times on the final possession. Like it was, it was, it was like it was so bad. Like we literally had ten points inside of the paint, and like we, in the majority of our points came in the in the majority of our attempts came in the paint. But we were just killing them from outside. But we couldn't score inside because they were just hitting us, and the refs were just letting it happen. Yeah, I remember a play from that game that exemplifies that perfectly was Kevin Love had like two like tried to put it back up like twice and like he got like he got like murdered both times and just kicked out for a three and that was it. So yeah, I remember. And people I remember people try to be like, Oh my god, Katie shut down LeBron because I think LeBron had like twenty that game or whatever. Or some shit, but it was like, mm, nah, he didn't really. He just got away with some fouls. It was that was, it was, it was yeah. Bad. You were man, you were devastated. I remember that. I was. That was like literally the most poorly refereed game I've ever seen. Like I've seen a lot of basketball games. Like I said, if I can sit through eighty-two games and see the Cavs only win one game in six months, I can. I've seen a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, but that was the worst officiated game. Like like oh six finals, move over. <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, that 2016 NBA Finals because that has to be, uh, you know, one of the greatest finals I've seen. And obviously, for you know the storyline, the narrative where LeBron comes back from from down three one, and and that, you know, not only does that Cavs team, but that you know LeBron obviously wins what his third ring at the time, and so. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, one of LeBron's, if not the most valuable ring he's gotten during his career. So just talk about, uh, you know, watching, you know, just your your whole entire reactions to, you know, to watching, you know, that unfold and, and um, you know, talk about that a little bit. Man, it was just beautiful. The way he came back, it made me so happy. He, he, I mean, he did. He came back and he made a promise that he was never leaving Cleveland again and he kept making the promise, but I'm going to leave that off for now. And then he left Cleveland, but I'm going to let that go for now. But he made a promise for like a ring and he got us that ring. So that's what matters, you know? Yeah. It's just like, I literally, I literally like when I move around, I take like, I have the Sports Illustrated magazine for when LeBron came back to Cleveland and the Sports Illustrated magazine for with LeBron holding the championship trophy, like, and I hang him wherever I go. I have frame pictures. I was at like the parade. I was at the game thing. Like it was just like it's that. That's a huge part of my identity and who I am, man. Yeah. Like it, it. It might be sad that I've adopted that as my identity, but it, but I have. No nah, man, it's funny. I'm almost with you yeah. for like the city of Cleveland. Like speaking of that, like how did like the attitude like. Because I know for sure that you watched this finals. Like, how like how weird was it for you to go to, like, game four where it's like, oh, man, we're down 3-1, like, not this again, to, like, oh, my God, holy shit, we just came back. Um, Dude, if anybody tells you that they really thought the Cavs were going to win, they're lying. Even the Cavs didn't think they were going to win. Like, that's been openly shared. Like, like, after game four, like, all the Cavs players were like, it's over, but let's at least go out there and try. And then they tried, and they got a win. And then it suddenly started to set in, oh, shoot, we might actually win this. Like, And then they did. <laughs> like, anybody who tells you they thought that the Cavs were winning is lying. Because if anybody has faith in the Cavs, I'm sorry, but it's me. But I didn't. 
So I find I just find it hard to believe that anybody had faith in them. But like it just slowly, it was crazy. We won a game and then we picked up another game and in game six, and then all of a sudden we win game seven, and it's just wow. We just won this thing. What the heck? And like I've probably seen that game seven a hundred times or more. Right. Right. And so uh, the reason I asked you that question as well is because I wanted to know as well, uh, because obviously LeBron uh, leaves, he's viewed as the bad guy and he comes back, uh, you know, on, you know, on his promise to deliver a championship delivers, then leaves for LA. So, you know, a couple of years later. So what is your perception of LeBron? Um, I mean, you don't have to go into great detail, but just, what is your perception of LeBron now? Um, you know, yeah, what, what is your perception of him right now? Uh, my perception on LeBron differs a lot from a lot of other people, especially even a lot of other Cavs fans, because I'm not so happy with him as others. The main argument, like everybody always tells me whenever I tell them this, oh, he doesn't owe anything to you. He doesn't, he doesn't, he brought you a championship. Be grateful. That's not quite how I see it because I just don't like when a player tells me and all the fans and the team again and again and leads them to believe that he's staying like and insists right up until the moment, like right up until the decision, the Cavs thought that he was staying. That was, that was what they believed. That was what he gave them every sign that he was going to stay. And according to everything I've seen, that's what the Cavs front office thought in 2018 too. They had they thought they had every indication to believe that he was gonna stay, and then both times you know what happened he didn't and he kept on promising both times that he was gonna stay like he doesn't owe anything to us but like I just I just really don't like how he handled it the first time obviously no one liked how he handled it the first time and then the second time I just I was just disappointed because I would have thought he had learned his lesson but I guess not. Yeah, I... <laughs> Because he kept saying he was going to stay a Cavalier. He's going to retire as a Cavalier. He wants to spend the rest of his career in Cleveland. Yeah. And then he left. Like, even like, again, like he did win for, like, it's just just the principle of it that's like, come on, LeBron. Like, I thought you learned. Like, again, great guy, great basketball player. But I just really don't like that. (laughs) That the team built that the team built expecting him to be back in 2018, 2019. And of course everybody knows now he wasn't. Yeah. And that also came at the expense of him. I mean, cause remember at the trade deadline he got, I mean, orchestrated so many moves um, to get, uh, you know, obviously D Wade, uh, you know, an older D Wade as, as well as a guy like Derek Rose, who, I mean, obviously these guys are veterans and they're, um, you know, well, we moved off of D Wade because LeBron asked the front office to. We traded him for a top fifty-five protected pick, but there was no way it was going to convey. Like we literally uh, just gave him back to the Heat for nothing. Well, that honestly, because LeBron asked him to. Well, yeah, that was a that nice was a trade. beautiful trade. That was a nice. Trade. <laughs> I know, well, not for me, for everyone, because it was still for so us, weird us like, seeing Wade in a Cavs jersey too. Like I wanted to see, I wanted him back on the Heat by some miracle. Right. And I just and I just remember that like I I remember this so yeah. clearly like I was I, taking um I was taking the algebra two test and like I had my phone in my backpack because you know 
and like I forgot to turn it off. So like, cause like when the whole like shit was like going on with with y'all trading like everyone on that team for like other people, like when y'all brought in like George Hill, like Clarkson Hood, and like got away, like got rid of like it Channing Fry, like right, yeah, that was like bzz, yeah, bzz, bzz, yeah. And I almost got kicked out the classroom for that shit too. So I was like, oh my, this better be good. And I see all that stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, LeBron did it. He committed Le GM again, <laughs> dude. When I tell you, I had one class to go, and I got a notification that D Wade was coming back. I like my heart dropped. I swear, I I've never been so like lost in a class before because my my head was just in a completely different place. Like literally, I I I think my teacher might have asked me a question. And I just like totally like blinked. Like it wasn't because I didn't know the information. I just was so like excited and like I, I I lost my mind like I I I couldn't believe it so I was like just like I knew he was coming back I think at some point but who knows I mean maybe that never uh you know that never happens with you know the way he left off with our team you know before he left for Chicago so I never knew that he would I mean I, I would assume he would come back uh you know whether it be you know just to come and retire here or or not but you know, for him to suit up for those last couple seasons, I mean. I mean, hey, now I kind of that was crazy out, for me. Most people forgot um, forget about like Bulls and Cavs. Like so many people, that's like a what that never happened. Like he right, he, like and, yeah, right, right. And I think that was good for him to go and you know play somewhere that you know that he he he's wanted to play. Um, obviously, growing up in Chicago, and then you know going going to play for for the Cavs. I mean you know, to go and play with his buddy LeBron and then come back, uh, you know, to the heat. And, uh, you know, really, honestly, he doesn't, he doesn't get enough credit for what he's done for our young guys too. Like, I think he's developed, like, he's really, really helped our young guys, like, especially Justice. Well, before he left for Memphis, but Justice, he's mentored. Um, I mean, again, a lot of these guys are gone, like Josh Richardson. Um, but, you know, especially like a guy like Bam, he's, he's mentored Bam as well. So, um, you know, he's helped those guys excel. So, yeah, um, that's my whole wage spiel there. But um, 2018 Cavs were so sad. If IT was healthy the way that we were told he would be healthy, the way he told us he'd be healthy, if Derrick Rose didn't decide to just leave yeah. the team, like abandon us, Things would have been so different if Jay Crowder had played at a near All Star caliber like yeah. He had I mean, we before. were like Celtics and Cavs were like bitter rivals at that time because like it was like, at the time it seemed like one of the two were gonna win the East. Like I was still rooting for, and I was and I was well, still because uh, Kelly Olynyk I was still rooting Kevin for. Um, I was still that. rooting for like Isaiah and like Jay to play really well. Like when they didn't, like it kind of broke my heart, but I was kind of also like. All right, so now we kind of have a chance to win the East now, <laughs> which I mean, you know, it still didn't happen because LeBron said like, "Nah, fuck you, my my conference." But I don't, I don't know. A lot of mixed emotions. And Tristan well, said, yeah, "No that Horford." Too, that too, and also Terry and Jalen were like, uh, one for thirteen and like five for eighteen, so that didn't help either. But yeah, I don't know. That's that was just a weird ass season to like keep up with the Cavs with from like an outsider's perspective too. Like, as you said, like, how was that, like, just – I know you kind of already, like, sort of answered that already, just with your little synopsis, but, like, how was that from, like, a 2018 Cavs keeping up with them? I was like, oh, my God, this team is such a mess to, like, how 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 did we make the finals? How is this possible? <laughs> Honestly, I was so, like, involved, shut in, because, like, I just 
I just wanted to see us win because there was so much drama going on that, like, I felt like I had to pay attention. So I was so in the know about that season. That's probably the season that I clo- most closely followed, like, the Cavs. Like, mm-hmm. I followed the Cavs really closely a lot of seasons. But that's probably the season that I followed them the most closely. And it was it was just weird. Lots of pieces moving in and out and lots of drama and then a lot of drama that was supposed to be there that really didn't exist. That <laughs> Like, it came out. And, like, JR throwing <laughs> soup at assistant coaches. IT saying that the city of Cleveland was garbage. And IT and D. Wade claiming that mental illness wasn't even a real thing. And it was just yeah, that season all was kinds a, that of season stuff was a mess for you. going on. And then LeBron carrying man, the playoffs. They, man, was, he beat two my like my two favorite teams, strange. the Pacers and Celtics, in like seven games that year too. So mm, I won't talk about and that. And then and then they dropped Tristan from the rotation completely. They they just like left Tristan out of the rotation. And then the playoffs came along. And in the Pacers series, Tristan saved the series. And then they didn't play him next round against the who Raptors. Who even, like, who even uh, usurped what? him on the rotation? We put Kevin Love in at center and then, like, started LeBron at power forward. And it was just – I don't understand what the mentality was. Like, Tristan kills it against the Pacers. Let's go ahead and move him out of the rotation. Do you want to talk about uh, your secret weapon for the playoffs that year? <laughs> that Tyron forgot about. Dude. <laughs> Tyron Lou. I could go on. This man literally is a moron. There you go. I'm sorry, but he's a moron. <laughs> he... 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 He literally, like, all season, all during the end of the 2018 season, he kept on saying that we had a secret weapon. He was like, we have a, he's like, we'll see, we'll see. That He's like, I got a secret weapon for the playoffs. Like, like, and, like, people were asking about the Cavs defense that was, like, near the bottom of the league. And he was like, he was like, he was like, he was like, I have a, I have a plan for that. I have a plan for that come playoffs. I just don't want to show my hand yet. And, like, the playoffs came, and they went, and he didn't change anything. And people were like, people were like, well, what was your secret, Tyron? And, like, and then, like, he responded to, like, a reporter asking him what the secret weapon that he kept on mentioning was. And then he was like, and then Tyron knew straight up. He said something along the lines of, oh, shoot, I forgot about Derek. He meant Derek Williams. Derek Williams was his <laughs> secret weapon. <laughs> Derek fucking Williams was Tyron Lue's secret weapon for the NBA Finals, <laughs> and he forgot yeah, to even. And that's use crazy because for the longest time I thought he was talking about Eddie Tavares because like he had that game with Delaware at six ten and like six blocks. So I was like, ah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like he gets a lot of blocks. I mean, that off the defense, but nope, Derek Williams. <laughs> right. It was Derek Williams. He was just like, oh shoot, I forgot about Derek. Not only was that his the lamest secret weapon ever, but he forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he just straight up forgot yeah. that this guy was on the roster. Yeah, but let's let's talk about some more uh, idiots. Uh, game one, twenty eighteen. Oh NBA my god, finals. how are we not JR Smith? JR That's all I'm gonna oh say. my god, good question. Good <laughs> let's question. talk about Dude. that. Now yep. we get to hear right, my JR. Cool. Rant. That's all we're here for, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> J.R. Smith was the bane of my existence from the moment he came into my life. 
Iman Shumpert was better than him in 2015, but JR got the starting spot. Because for some reason, the Cavs had a hard on for JR. Because he was LeBron's buddy. (laughs) So, uh, we we kept on starting him. 2016 happens. He's not playing great, but, like, he could be worse. And then 2017 comes around, and he's just terrible. Like, literally, I I, I had a tracker where I kept track of games that, like, JR single-handedly blew in the last couple of minutes. Like, with turnovers and fouls. And, like, like over the space of 2018, 20, 2017, and early 2019, like, the game total was literally, like, 15. Like, he literally single-handedly blew so many games for us. Like, his stats don't look might not look that bad, but there's literally – you take him off of the team, and there's mm-hmm. – like, we have 15 more wins. Yeah, like, I think literally. A good, I think a good thing that, that, that people forget was um, back in 2017 when y'all swept the Pacers in the first round. When I forget who missed a shot, but Jared got a rebound and tried to do a behind-the-back pass to LeBron that bounced off Paul Burge and gave him a wide-open three, which he bricked still. But, like, imagine imagine that three had gone in. Like, man. There was, an, there was another game against the Raptors, against the Raptors that we lost. 2016. And JR, he got a rebound, and he, and he dribbled mm-hmm. down the court. Right, he he had the ball. Like, there's like five seconds left on the clock, like for the end of the game. Like, he's just he's just leisurely dribbling, and like Kevin Love's out in the corner, wide open, like left corner, wide open. LeBron's down in the paint, posting up like Demar Derozan. Like LeBron can score on Demar Derozan, and instead, Jr. Jr. Seeing them both, like them both ahead of him, it's a two on one, <laughs> and Jr. Just keeps on dribbling the ball. And chucks wait, it up from wait, the logo. Didn't something like didn't something like almost exactly <laughs> like that happen versus the Pacers the following year afterwards, like like with the Old Depot? Yeah, I, yeah, I remember yep. that. LeBron yep. had like Darren Collison yep. posted up in the paint, like Clarkson and Kevin Love were wide open in both corners, and Jr. chucked that bitch again. <laughs> it's like it's like you like pause the play. Okay, which one of these which one of these options is Jr. going to do? Okay, option A. <laughs> Chuck it. Option two. Uh, throw the ball out of bounds. Option three. No uh, positives. Just all, just all involved JR blowing the game. <laughs> just all negatives. <laughs> just like zooming in on LeBron posted up on six-foot Darren Collison while doing all the options. <laughs> he was so bad. He was so bad, and he was so toxic. Like, he kept on causing problems uh, in the locker room. He kept on causing problems with chemistry. But like they kept on letting it go, and then like finally we just we just asked them in 2019, just like like stay the fuck away from our team. We will pay you your full 16 million dollars this year. Just stay away from the team, like and like we 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 like literally banned them from like the practice facilities. Like they got a sign of Jr. outside the facilities. Like do not let. Whoa, this wait, man they had enter. a sign of Jr. Like, outside the facilities. <laughs> I would imagine so, not going to lie. Like, he caused so many problems there. He literally, 2019, like, like Kevin Love, like, had a game this season that was, like, really bad, where, like, mm-hmm. he was just being a little brat and, like, just chucking the ball at, like, his teammate's shoes and stuff, not playing defense, not putting a hand up, not running once, not jumping once. Like, that was a bad attitude game. But JR literally did that for ten the 10 first games of the 2019 season. He was... He would just like like we would come back on defense and he'd stand at the free throw line just without his arms out, just stand still at the free throw line. 
when we were on defense. Like mm-hmm. he wouldn't. He just and then and then and then we took him out of the starting lineup, and he was like, "Oh, you guys just aren't trying to win. It's because it's because you guys are holding me back." Like bubble, and was like, "No, Jr., you're just not good." One and two were you're not going to win us a championship, Jr. Wow, I'm sorry, harsh. but you're not. We can give you the ball, but you're not going <laughs> to win. Yeah, wait. And then so we. So we asked him to leave and he goes on this Instagram campaign where he's like, like, like after we, like after we finally got to drop him, we kept, we were trying to trade him all season and he was complaining that he wasn't getting traded. Like, do you think it's easy to get someone to take $16 million for you who wouldn't be on the rotation on most NBA teams? Like, and then, so we finally, so like we finally, he's like, he only had a, he had a non-guaranteed contract for this last season. So we only had to pay him three of like the sixteen million he was due. So we we took that this season, the twenty nineteen the twenty nineteen twenty season, and we like took him out. And he like puts up on he posts a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. and he's like free at last, free at last. Like like dude, you poor man, you got to go around and do whatever you want for an entire year. Not having a job and making sixteen million dollars for it. Yeah, and, poor, and basically three man. million dollar leaving what, bonus. How too. hard like, so your sad, life is. JR. Like how hard your life must be, Jr. Man, I for man, I forgot about most of that. Too. <laughs> oh, Jr. <laughs> he just he was just so bad. I did. And did you say, uh, did you say unbelievable how bad he was? Like telling him to get the fuck out. Yeah, Tristan like literally told him like, well, Tristan told him you can shape up or you can leave. So Jr. shaped up for like one game last season. He shaped up for like a single game and came off the bench and he's like, I'm ready to be a new me. Set an example. So they moved him back to the starting lineup the game after to try and reward him. But, like, he got pulled, like, late in the game because they wanted to give the guy, like, the young guys experience late mm-hmm. in games because it was a close game. And JR went in through a hissy fit again to the media. Like, we ain't trying to win. They're trying to lose. Like, it was like, uh, he just, he's a bad guy. Well, and now, I mean, I think the fact that he hasn't been he's on the NBA since then is kind of telling, too, so... Fact, like no team is like so interested in him at all. Like no team wants to even pick him up. Meanwhile, the Cavs were still starting him in Dude, the NBA what finals. Do you mean JRMVP? Like, I'm just saying, maybe this is an indicator that the Cavs shouldn't have been starting. Oh, yeah, and of all of and of all of JR's incidents, we didn't even talk about the most egregious one. I don't think, which was uh, Game One of the 2018 Finals. Was that kind of just like the boiling point for you at that point with JR? Honestly, that wasn't. That wasn't even the most egregious one. That was, that was, it was like, it was, it was like the one on the biggest scale, mm-hmm. like the biggest after effect, but like, it wasn't even the most ridiculous one that he had game that he's blown. Like it wasn't so even like, in the what, top five. Like worst he's done. Like mean? it was, yeah, the worst he's done to like blow a game for us. Like, but it was just, the scale was so much higher. I was literally... I was fun fact. I was on the phone with Cosmo and we were watching that game together. Mm-hmm. And like like literally they go up for the free throw and I was like I literally I literally Cosmo and Threes were both there and I was like 
JR is going to get the rebound and just wait out the clock. Like, he's not going to oh do Oh, my anything. God, yeah, you did call that. <laughs> you did call him doing that. <laughs> I, w- I was like, I was like, watch, JR is going to blow this game for us. And sure enough, he did. You guys were like, damn, Will, your Cavs are doing good. And I was like, just wait and see. <laughs> just just wait, wait and see. see. Now, the crazy thing, you called George Hill like an 80% free throw shooter, missing that free throw. And then you called exactly what JR was going to do. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a little bit crazy, though. And now Jetty's the new JR, so that's great. Because apparently the Cavs have to have one. All right, so obviously, uh, you know, you bring up Seti Osman, and, uh, you know, this is a perfect time to bring up the the current Cavs. Um, They've had their fair share of, uh, you know, media spotlight with John Beeline, the head coach, um, and then, uh, you know, obviously being a little active during the trade deadline. But what's your thoughts about – you know, the current Cavs team? Well, I personally, I think that we have certain pieces that are overvalued. Like Jetty, Jetty's not good. If you watch a Cavs game, you can see that he's not good. Like, he's got good numbers, but you watch a game and he gets a three, but it's a wide-open three. Like every, they just, other teams just leave him open. Like in their scouting books there, they literally write, leave this guy open. And then they'll double Sexton around the rim. I think that Sexton is crazy underrated. People like people, like I know that people are starting to realize, but I still want to say over the last like 25 games of the season before it ended, Sexton was averaging like 25 points and like four assists on 50, 40 and like 50, 40, 90 shooting. So, I'm just saying with OK defense. So, that that's those are all star numbers, and the Cavs had like a near winning record in that span too. Like we were breaking even. Mm-hmm. We have, I don't think I think that for what we did for the Drummond trade, I think that it was a good deal. Just because if you can get. Andre Drummond, a former all-star for a half-eating cracker, then go for it. Yeah, and if you could also piss off Corvus, go ahead. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, also, that's also a positive. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I don't think he's part of long-term future. I think that we're going to bring Tristan back because Tristan wants to come back and the Cavs want to bring him back. I thought it was ridiculous when people wanted us to buy out Tristan because I don't think people realize how much he means to the team. I think people just see that he's a vet who they think wants to win, but he's the only one who isn't asking out. Kevin Love was asking out. Jordan Clarkson was complaining. Brandon Knight was complaining. That was – we had Brandon Knight, Kevin Love, and Jordan Clarkson. They were the three complaining to the media about John Beelan. Mm -hmm. And two of those three are out. Kevin Love's a little bit harder to get out. But he's adjusted his attitude a little bit. And Kevin Love has, like, said, like, openly, like, he was being a baby and acting like a brat. Like, so that's a good start. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that makes him a little more tradable. But he really said, like, he's he's openly said that he doesn't expect to be with the Cavs next season. So, yeah. 
So hopefully that comes true for him and for us. Yeah, I think that relationship's kind of gotten a little, like, straight, I'd say. Maybe we can get some young pieces. We need some wings. Kevin Porter Jr. is good, but he's, like, 6'5", so we can't – so we can play small forward, but, like, he might not be the best fit at small forward. You can play in bursts. Larry Nance is great. No one talks about Larry Nance. Larry Nance is a – after Tristan, he's the best defender on our team. And he's averaging like 10 and 10, and he can shoot threes now. Like two seasons ago, he couldn't shoot threes, but he's like averaging like three attempts a game and like 36%. Like, so, like, it's great just having him there. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about Cleveland and just like having their big shoot threes. Because cause even Drummond, like, first season, like, was in, he was taking like a good volume of threes at Yale and like making them actually. Like, he the was. rest of his game kind of fell off a little bit, but like, he like just became like an okay three point shooter with Yale, like, out of the blue. Jimmy Bickerstaff is bringing the funds back. Like, it it sounds silly, but, like, Colin Sexton even said last season that, like, last season was fun. And people were getting on Colin Sexton for saying that it was fun being on, like, one of the worst teams in the league. But, I mean, the Cavs, like, I watched the Cavs, and they were having fun. They were having fun that they never had when LeBron was around, that they didn't even have the first win before LeBron came back. Like, it was the first season that I've watched the Cavs, and they've had fun. The first season since... Like two thousand, like, like, like maybe like five, <laughs> that they were actually having fun. So I'm, and it seems like they're back to that with JB Bickerstaff as the coach instead of John Bielan. Right. Like, so that's good. I think that we're headed in a decent direction. We just need some wings. Oh yeah, just just to kind of just kind of wrap this up this section, like since like you didn't really mention him that much. So, like speaking of young guys, like how do you feel? How do you feel like about Garland's like progression through his rookie season this year? Like I know a lot of people like trying to put like a bus label on him just because he was picked high and like didn't really have like uh, that great of a year. But like just like as you, someone who's probably watched like all of his games, like how do you, how do you feel about him? I think Garland's okay. He's a streaky guy. I'm hoping that like he can. He, a lot of his mistakes are rookie mistakes, so that's always a good thing that you want to look for. That was what I saw with Sexton a lot, too. The other thing that I think that people overestimate too much is that, like, they can't play point guard and shooting guard next to each other when they really can. Like, it's been okay. Like, the defense is an issue right now, but, like, I think that they'll get better defensive IQ as time goes on. So, that's my hope, that they can evolve together and – Sexton can become more of a playmaker, even though he doesn't really have to. Like, I literally see Sexton as Lou Williams 2.0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, I, I think that's going to do it. I think we talked about a lot. Honestly, I learned a lot from this. Um, I think we, you know, we all did, really. Um, thank you, Will, for coming <laughs> and showing, sharing your knowledge. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, the Cosmo, any last words? No, man, same as you, Will. It was a pleasure to do this with you, even though we had a bunch of, uh, I'll say, a technological uh, difficulties. It was still a really fun pod to do, man. So come back anytime. Yeah, yeah. man, thanks for having me on. Yeah, bro, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, so that's going to wrap it up. Uh, season 2, Episode 1. Uh, thank you to both Cosmo and Will for joining me today. Uh, and, yeah, guys, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Um, and obviously make sure to check us out all streaming platforms.
And yeah, we'll see you guys. Peace. Peace. Yeah, man, peace.